You're listening to Hustle and Flow, a podcast to inspire and bring together female actors and artists in the entertainment industry. I'm Heidi, an actress, female fitness coach, and self-love junkie. And I'm Kesley, singer-songwriter and social media influencer. Are you ready to manifest your dreams? Let's get started. Hey guys, today's guest is Kim Rada. She is one of my dear friends and somebody that I really, really look up to and go to for guidance. She is a photographer and she's also the owner of Ia Chica, which is a clothing brand that empowers young girls to create and maintain their value. She has a huge heart and passion for building up a strong generation of young women. So with that, let's get into the episode. I miss you. I miss you. Kesley, you just hold such a dear space in my heart, and I hope that one day my girls are like you. Kim has two girls that are the cutest ever. How old are they? Um, Stella is 16. Savannah, who we call Savvy, is 14. But we're four months away from them upping it. I'm about to have a 17 and a 15-year-old. Wow. I know. Wow. You seem like such a young, free spirit, too. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Probably the coolest mom ever. Oh, it's crazy. I do. Like my, I just, this past month turned 47 and it feels different for everybody. It's just a number. It's just it's a number. It's all about how you feel inside. So mm-hmm. really, mm-hmm. wow. I forgot you were in your forties this whole time. I was thinking you were in your thirties. <laughs> well, I'm not kidding. that's a compliment what would you tell to the 17 or 14 year old version of yourself knowing what you know now oh my gosh I would fully say trust yourself trust yourself there are going to be reasons that you feel the way you feel and to trust that core with yourself. And it's hard these days because we've got leaders, whether they're political or spiritual, that we don't agree with. And I think just because you're in leadership doesn't mean you have to agree. That's a big one for me. I think just really trusting yourself and staying true to yourself because there's reasons you feel the way you feel. I mean, I am full on. Kesley, you guys, your last episode was so sweet. And there were so many topics in there that could be entire, like, seasons in and of themselves. Like, Kesley, you were talking about your new video, which is so fun. And here we are living at this youth camp. And Savannah is so like you, Kesley. Like, she is all into her TikTok and just doing the most darling videos. But we're at this Christian camp. And it's very sad. She feels like she's getting a reputation because, um, because of what other Christians think of her. Like she feels okay. And, and I would be okay with it too. If she wore a crop top and, but other people are like, Oh my gosh. And so on that note, I just draw the bridge like that in and of itself, helping girls navigate faith with, other people's opinions and who they feel like they really are. That's an episode all in of its own, but mm-hmm. I guess Heidi, that's what I go back to is figuring out how to trust yourself mm. and walk through that and be okay with it. Mm. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. Being okay with the judgments of others. You know, it's funny because Kesley and I, we were just having the conversation right before this started about like 18, 17 year old versions of us, you know, Mm -hmm. and we were talking about how cringy it is to look at 
like pictures and videos and things, you know, and, and it's such a beautiful thing that you brought up of trusting yourself because back then my ego was so big. Like I felt like, I felt like I was like speaking my truth and being who I was, but like looking back now, knowing what I know after cultivating trust within myself, I'm like, okay, I did not trust myself. I was trying to be somebody else. I don't know who I was trying to be or who I was trying to impress or what I was doing, but wow, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, on that note, I want to ask, can you tell all of us what Iachika is yeah. and how you're using Iachika to help girls create and maintain their value? Mm. Okay. So I'm in my kitchen one day doing dishes and literally like it just came over me like a wave. I dropped the dish in the sink and I said out loud, it's time to do something for girls. And Stella, my oldest, skips through the room, doesn't even fully understand. And she goes, great, I'll come up with the name. And she skipped out the other side of the room. And she comes back about 30 minutes later and she said, mom, do you know what Ia means? And I was like, no. She said, well, in Hawaiian, it's this idea that when you add ea to the end of a word it creates this beautiful like no one can hold you back kind of sovereignty and it's known to be like nelson mandela like even when he was in prison he still couldn't be held back his ideas were still being formed he was working towards the future in latin ea means she and um in old english ea means a rising flood or water it goes around its obstacle. So through that, we came up with Ia Chica, strong girl, basically mm -hmm. is what it means. Um, we then just came up with the core of whatever it is we're helping girls build and maintain inner value. So we did a Kickstarter. We raised $11,000 for it to get it off the ground. We had t-shirt designs and leggings. And so we launched this little online store and we threw two, which Kelsey came, Kelsey and Trey came to two, the two strong girl rallies that we threw. And those were so fun, but it's all in celebrating girls, who we are as girls, um, recognizing we have 60% more of the hormone that makes us cry. How do we navigate that life mm -hmm. than guys have? And then wow. again, just staying true to yourself. Like, what does that look like? What does that look like today? Um, so that's, I mean, and then I wrote um, school programs that I went into school systems and met with the school counselors and said, here's what I have to provide. I'm helping girls build and maintain inner value. Who needs this? And she paired some of the popular kids with the not so popular kids and it forced them to come together and learn these lessons together. Wow. And so I did that twice, which was mind blowing and amazing. It was so good. So we do this thing. It's we talk about having an inner value price tag and a price tag, it symbolizes value. And what are you going to write on your price tag? Just three things. And you stick to that. And that all of a sudden guides choices you make in life, who you're going to be. And that way you're not always chasing moving targets. So Can you give an example of like three things you would put on. Oh, yeah. So I would encourage girls to pick two character traits that they already are because character doesn't change. So if you're kind, if you're empathetic, if you're intuitive, you might be bold. Those are all great character traits. So we would pick two. And then the third one is something you, you feel like is 
almost in your wheelhouse. It's a stretch. It's who on your best day you're becoming. And that's the third one we write on it. Mm -hmm. And these girls would put them in their phone cases or hang them from the um, rear view mirror so then of their car. So then, for example, they would walk into school in the morning and they'd look at those three character traits and say, I, number one, I hold my own price tag. I don't give it mm -hmm. to anyone. I don't give anyone else a pen. I hold it. And these are the three things that when I get back into my car after school today, I've done those three things all day. That is the, um, the totality of a good day because mm -hmm. you acted out the three character traits or the three. So one of mine, my three actually, it personally are to be positive um, take a risk is the second one. And the third one is more of a saying, which is attach myself to the action, not the outcome. Ooh, that is so good. Yeah. So if I've done those three things throughout my day, I've won. Mm. That's, you know, it gives, gives girls something to hold on to instead of like, uh, my outfit's not as good as hers. Meh, too bad. That's not on my inner value price tag. <laughs> oh, right. I didn't. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, yeah. Yeah. Can you talk more about um, being attached to the action and not the outcome? I love this. Ooh, isn't it so good? So we are who we are, right? I think we can become, we can always become better versions of ourselves, but I do believe in this concept of emotional intelligence. If we're not aware how other people's actions can affect us or how other people's approval can affect us, that kind of thing, we're, we're destined for hurt. And mm. it is my belief that when we can wake up and realize that those things are real and create boundaries for that and kind of go, it's almost like knowing your triggers. Oh, I know that if this girl or guy doesn't notice my great outfit, you know, or whatever, you're just your, that's not the best example, but when you know you put your best foot forward, I'm a, t I'm, I am, attaching myself to the outcome. So Kesley, we've done photography mm -hmm. and you know, when you've finished a photo shoot, if you put your best foot forward, if you fought for that girl that you were photographing and you really helped her be her best in front of the camera, mm. you did your best. Now, what if she doesn't like the images? Mm. <laughs> right. You did to your core, you know, you did your best. You've attached yourself to that action of putting your best foot forward actually all you can do right exactly the outcome is like oh, well from her perspective she has an issue or right there's you know, nothing like, else you can do about it nothing else you can do yeah even in terms of like music and stuff like mm -hmm. with your with your song like mm -hmm. if you're in the studio just focused on it being a hit instead of being focused on doing your best to make a song that is authentic and coming from your mm -hmm. heart and is, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like mm -hmm. feels good to you. Yeah. It's going to be two totally different outcomes because you're going to end up trying to fit in a box. You put yourself in a box almost when you yeah. think about the outcome, but you're like, when you tap into your value and you're here in this present moment and you're focused on the actions you're taking, the outcome can be far greater than mm -hmm. what you could have ever thought. Oh yeah. And I, even on that same note, Kim, I put my song out and I was really proud of it, really excited and, yeah. and my video and everything. But I did hear back from people like that are higher up in the industry that, oh, well, just little criticisms, you know, mm -hmm. and it made me really second guess 
Am I good at writing songs? Am I good at writing pop music? Mm. You know, is my, do I need to be hiring all these people to do stuff? How am I going to, you know, just like all this insecurity and all these, this doubt instead of just being, and I had to go back to, I, I wasn't conscious of it, but I went back to what exactly what you're saying of like, I didn't, I'd rather have a song out that got some criticism than have mm. no songs out. I'm proud of myself yeah. for writing that and putting it out and doing a music, like, and it's really great. And everybody who's, you know, my friend, they all love it. It's just, yeah, it changes your mindset. But I want to ask you, you were talking about the, the things you would do in the schools, pairing, um, like popular mm. girls with less popular girls and stuff. Um, and I remember you talking about kind of the differences between, um, girls and guys as far as how we get along especially at school or just in life just the difference yeah. there and jealousy between women and why mm. it's so hard for us to connect sometimes true there's a book out called tripping the prom queen which is unreal and in high school I was I was fiercely bullied I was literally it was like the comic relief high school movie like I was pushed down in the hallways books go flying like that was me ironically I was voted homecoming queen mm. how can those go together and this was 30 years ago <laughs> totally like that's crazy it's got I think it's gotten worse but that is the dynamic there's there's the queen bee and sometimes she gets knocked off her pedestal and the second one rises up and mm. if I could if I could encapsulate it and um, it is, it's a very intricate system for girls. And I think that for parents and school counselors and teachers, especially having the awareness of how complicated the situation is, and then to help girls wake up and see it's all hinged on how insecure actually we all are it's actually the queen bee is insecure everybody's insecure and when we can wake up to that fact mm. and then really start this inner value training mm. <laughs> and it's it's training like you don't just work out for two months and stay in shape for three years it's not how it works right it's the same way mm. so yes and one of those ways you were saying um you were talking to me about putting good words in every day yeah and so, like how important is it um to you for us as women to get in enough good words every day and do you have any tips on how we can start getting more good words in right away gosh okay so this stems into just another like another section kesley so i really had i had some crazy trauma in my in this past year which <clears throat> if like it's going to be a little bit of like drop the bomb here because I'm, I'm more comfortable telling you guys than you'll be hearing. So I'm not going to go into great detail about it. Um, I actually had repressed memory surface from my childhood a year and four months ago. So at the age of 46, I have memories of sexual abuse from my father, which he was a social worker. Oh. shocking mm. shocking my brain mm. protected me and forgot it all so mm. I literally was like spent probably nine months of like on my face I what is this my father didn't 
really loved me is what it felt like. And my healing process though, and thanks to quarantining, I've, I'm going to forget the woman's name. She's a, um, she's a counselor in Europe and she does all of like, she, she says hypnotherapy, but basically what hypnotherapy is, people get freaked out by it without the full understanding is that you're separating yourself from your anxiety ridden self to it's almost like you're taking that crazy to-do list you have and you're putting it off to the side and you're giving yourself space to hear good words and let that actually get planted in your subconscious because the fastest way to not heal is to hold that anxious stuff right in front of you and hold it close. <laughs> That's yeah. the fastest way to not heal. So the good words, Kesley started with these sessions that I would listen to from her. They're 30 minute sessions and She's, I would say she did a countdown. I'd like to even say she did a count away. Mm -hmm. And it was very specific to counting away from your anxious, nervy side. And then it would be 30 minutes of goodness. And I, like, I have goosebumps telling you because I would put on, like, put a headset in, kick back on the couch, do, like, purposely separate myself from some of this pain and anxiety and let the goodness sink into my subconscious. And it was probably for about a week, I did it at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I was doing it three times a day. And after about the third day, I sat up after being done and I felt so wonderful and so relaxed and just whole. And I said to myself, I haven't been getting in enough good words a day. Mm. So I would do things like write a word on my arm that was, that might be hope or that might be um, peace. And whenever I like opened the door, or looked down at my arm, I would take three seconds to remember things I was hopeful about. And so it was these literal reminders of helping myself do that. Since then, my sister, she also has a fitness business, Heidi, I know you do too. Mm -hmm. And hers is called Be Tribal Fit. And she and I came together and we did a, an eight week program called New Roots. And I actually went out on a limb and felt very vulnerable doing it, but I recorded my own session mm. for her audience. So it's actually, and I feel like it's something that's hard to find right now. Absolutely. So, like, because yes. we don't even know how to do it. I'll send you guys some. Yes. People, I was about to ask where we can find it. If yeah. you're open to sharing it with our listeners, maybe we could share the link in our bio. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we can figure that out. They um, are, it's just me literally in my closet. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. Recording them. And it's all audible and it's, um, they're, they're about 15 minutes. And keep in mind, they're geared towards a fitness community, mm. but we absolutely get to the core of humanity in them. Mm. Like, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking as someone who like has been through sexual trauma as well. Okay. Meditation absolutely saved my life. It's something that I talked about on a previous episode that we've not released yet, but I think by the time this one comes out, people yeah. will have listened to it. So, mm -hmm. um, if you want to know more about that, go to that previous episode, but I do just want to say like, I am with you. I feel your pain. I hate that that happened. And I also want to say that God 
sometimes like it's so weird how in the weirdest most horrible moments in life you can still find god you can still find that he's working and he's creating you know situations that are teaching you so that you can go on to teach other people so what a beautiful thing that you were led to hypnotherapy where it sounds like it may not have been your language of healing before and so it's like it cracked you to open you up right these holes are where our light can shine through and so we can help other people and so Mm. meditation absolutely helped heal me through that process Mm. and separating yourself from it absolutely like everything you're saying I can relate to and I mean I do breath work every single day And it's because you can recognize, like you said, you are whole, you are happy, you are whole, you are complete. After doing something like that, you realize, oh, I'm not what, I'm not my trauma. I'm not what has happened to me. My worth is, my worthiness is not tied into my past. My worthiness is not tied into what other people did to me. They did it because there was something with them, but I was a brave enough soul to come and learn and help that person learn, sacrifice basically ourselves, you know, whatever, Mm -hmm. however that looks, I know it's really complicated. And like, Mm -hmm. I had issues myself, even like taking ownership for what happened, Mm -hmm. um, forgiveness, all these things, like I can relate to everything that you're saying. And so Mm -hmm. I just want to say that like, you are a teacher and you are so brave for going through what you'd went through. And like the timing of when it came up is absolutely perfect and it's amazing that you're a mother of two beautiful girls who are going to learn from you. And I'm going to cry. So before I cry, I'm going to ask you, what is the difference between hope and faith for you? I would say the difference between hope and faith. Again, I do believe the things that we hope for are like, we just, we are who we are. We are who God made us to be. So I think that hope is so good again trusting in how we're made and trust and just going man I I love this for a reason you know like I hope for these things and I I do believe that our hope is sown into us I think our hopes can change and they can grow and they can mature and become something slightly different so I think in all seasons of life our hopes might be the same they might be a little different faith so through this process Kesley and Heidi of learning so I'm going to answer the faith part through a little bit of sharing like the mental a hint of mental anguish that I went through this year of like why did this happen to me mm-hmm. why why would something so horrible happen to someone at four through 14 like why I realized through this whole process that like you said Heidi the empathy piece you talked about the holes in us or where the light shines through. And I envisioned myself literally with this huge like spotlight shining out of the front of me. Like, because the hole feels so big after learning what happened to me. And I, I realized how badly I needed God. I, I also realized I never thought this was part of me but I also was like this is so strange I realize how much I don't want to be God I don't want that responsibility I need God 
but I don't want to be God. I need some kind of sovereign, I was going to say a thread that runs through my life. I'm going to say a rope that runs through my life that is somehow purposeful and sovereign. So my hope, I hope in all kinds of things, but at the end of the day, faith is guidance. It's like, God, just help me step into the right thing, please. Mm. I don't want to be God. I don't want to step into something because I do think that God sows into us our hopes and that's the way I'm trying to say God without saying he, (laughs) I keep saying he, who God is as a sovereign, all things, Mm -hmm. you know, that, um, I don't, sometimes I feel, I know my imperfection. And so when I'm trying to choose what my hopes are or or to step into certain hopes, Mm -hmm. there's a piece of me that I do want to hear this voice from behind me going, it's this step because this is the right one to, or go right, go left. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I have something so sovereign and perfect to follow. Mm -hmm. Does that answer make sense? It does. I I love that you, in a way, when you were saying that hope is like the rope, you know, like hope is, it's something you can hold on to, but faith is not tangible. You know what I mean? Faith is like almost believing in the unknown, but trusting the process and just trusting it's, it's blind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, wow. Um, I want to take a little, a little break and okay. talk about how we know each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Me and yes. yeah, how do you know each other? Because <laughs> I feel like that's, um, I, this is actually a very, it was a very interesting time of my life, but, um, I guess it was three or four years ago. Uh-huh. Um, and Trey and I were worship leaders at this big camp for three weeks. Well, it was four weeks, but I was only there for three weeks. And so I missed the first week because I was leading worship at another camp. And I actually felt very alone and insecure at this camp. And I didn't feel like I had the same high energy as all the other girls that were the leaders <laughs> there. And I didn't mm-hmm. know everyone. Everyone was already friends. And I just came in with like all this insecurity. I was happy to be there and I was excited. I'd been to journey camp before, but or I don't know if I should have said the name of it, but <laughs> I've been to this camp before. Um, and, but Kim walked up to me, I think one of the first days and introduced herself to me. And I just thought she was the cutest thing. Um, and do you want to share your perspective or anything? Yes. <laughs> I remember, Kesley, I remember you coming and I remembered feeling that a little bit for you. Because our girl staff was just, they were on fire. They were super energetic, loud. Mm. And if you, it, it might've been easy to feel like kind of on the outside. I actually, sen- I remember sensing that for you and thinking like, <laughs> they're a very loving crew. If you're not on that same energy level, this could be hard to step into. Yeah. And yeah, so I remember that for you. And then but I, what I so vividly remember is hearing you sing for the first time, took me down literally. Like we were down by the waterfall and I don't know if Trey was playing the guitar, but you started to sing. I was not expecting to hear what came out of your mouth. And I was so moved that I just, like, I remember standing up 
And the next thing I know, I'm like crisscross applesauce on the ground. Like I am sitting Indian style, like you were so earthy and gorgeous. Like all of it was just, it just, it took me down in such a good way. I was just like, what am I hearing? Oh my gosh. So good. I think you had, you talked, I don't know if you gave a devotional or if you were just talking to us as a group, because it was all the leaders meeting together before a new camp, new campers came. Um, And you and your husband and your girls were all there working the camp. Um, But I remember you talking with your little red lipstick and your little cat eyes. You're like, I'm Kim. And you're all, you're so cute. And I was like, wow, like I want to have that energy. And so um, I really was feeling very insecure that day. That whole, that whole camp, I feel like I, had ups and downs of just wanting to fit in, but also not feeling like I had enough energy. And that's a whole feminine energy versus masculine energy. I was in the band with more men and some of the guys in the band were also doing leadership stuff with the, the, the camp leaders. And like, I was like expected to do all this other stuff and like, I couldn't handle it. And, um, that was actually a tough, I learned a lot about myself now. I, there's stuff I know now about myself that I wish I had known then so that I could communicate what I needed. And I felt, um, I did start to feel other than I'm just so glad that I had you um, because I did start to feel like no one likes me and people think that I don't want to be here or whatever, um, which was not true or may have been slightly true for a couple people. But um, ultimately I loved like leading worship and that is why I was there and it was amazing. And I'm just, but I'm so glad that we got close that year because we did strong girl rally two years in a row after that. And now you're on yeah. a podcast. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So I definitely like look to you as a mentor of mine. I don't know if I've ever told you that, but yeah. Gosh. I want to ask you too. I, I'd never heard anyone talk about emotional intelligence before until oh. you brought it up the other day. So can you um, explain what emotional intelligence is and how it relates, especially to women like us in leadership? Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. So again, this is my like third drink from a fire hydrant kind of thing. So I've, yeah, learning about emotional intelligence. So I was listening to a Brene Brown, Brene Brown podcast, and I should, to be fair to this man, I'm going to try to look it up. His name, he wrote a book called Permission to Feel. Mm. And gosh, he was I feel like if I was a guy, no, that's that's bad to say because, well, he was also also sexually abused as a child. And Mm -hmm. so it created this sensitivity in him that that he was very aware for people. So he's written a book called Permission to Feel. And Brene Brown was interviewing him. And I was just like, holy smokes. And um, this is very interesting. He's his favorite movie growing up was you guys have probably never seen this it's way past you it's one of oprah's first movies it's called the color purple oh my god such a good movie such a good movie ironically that was my favorite movie as a kid and as a girl and i would watch it and watch it and watch it and feel so connected to it somehow not knowing that i was in the middle of sexual abuse because my brain was forgetting it. And that movie brought so much comfort to me in the reconciliation at the end. And I didn't even know. Okay. So there was my connection to this guy who reads the book, you know, permission to feel introduces to me 
emotional intelligence, which is, it is basically permission to feel. It's not a license to be a wimp. It's permission to feel. Mm-hmm. And he introduces, um, like, so he has written school programs and goes into schools. And so, like, let's say for a kindergarten class, a kid gets upset. The teacher has been trained to go to the child and say, she'll hold up a chart for him of all these different emotions. And she'll say to him, you know, hopefully the child can read. And she'll say to him, which emotion are you feeling? Where are you? And he might point at the blue one that says sad. He's not over in the red that says irate. He's in the blue zone. He feels sad. And she's like, they able to talk through that emotion and then say, he might be sad because someone else called him a bad name or something like that. And she's able to say to him, help him find where he is. And then she coaches him to say, more than likely he called you that because he is not in a good space. So you're becoming emotionally intelligent. And when you can do, so, she, so he has created these you know, programs to help children learn this at a very young age. And it's true as adults, if we don't wake up to emotional intelligence, it's the whole thing of like almost attaching yourself to the action, not the outcome. But when you have submitted your best work and someone's not happy with it or they're mean about it, you know, there's a way to say it that's good, like maybe constructive criticism. But when they come in and they're mad, they are not being emotionally intelligent. They are walking into the room with their suitcases of baggage. And, and not even recognizing that maybe they themselves have been triggered. Mm. Emotional intelligence then as a leader is, there's another book that I just finished and it's called The Emotionally Intelligent Leader. And when you're a leader, there is so much responsibility that comes with that. And if you're not aware of how your energy affects people. If you are not aware that when you've even given constructive criticism in front of four other people, that is, that is like the most unemotionally intelligent thing to do. It is understanding these heartfelt needs we have as humans and how to be communicated to in a way that's right. And when you're a, when you are an emotionally when your emotional intelligence is absent as a leader, mm. people will quit on you all the time. You know that saying, I don't know that it's totally true. It says people don't quit bad jobs. They quit bad leaders wow. or they quit bad managers. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I don't want to say that's true a hundred percent of the time. I think it's true 95% of the time that <laughs> if you're a leader that's not emotionally intelligent and you're always just coming down on people and telling them what they did wrong versus a leader or you're taking responsibility away from people and that really belittles their existence in your corporation Mm -hmm. so if you're taking away responsibility they don't ever get appreciated um, versus a leader that's able to be emotionally intelligent and recognize how important it is for your staff to feel empowered and to feel like you've given them something so they're actually responsible for something I mean Kesley imagine going on a photo shoot I actually had this happen to me once. I went on a photo shoot and this mother stood behind me while I took the photos and probably halfway through the photo shoot, she whispered in my ear, you haven't captured anything I want yet. And I was like, what? 
she, she was fiercely emotionally unintelligent, but didn't trust. She was holding, she needed all the control. That is the kind of client slash leader you don't want. You need someone who trusts you. That was, she completely took away, she completely invalidated all my giftedness. But how do you respond to something like that? Because my initial response would be, oh, I'm sorry. Um, what would you like? You know, I would give in to that. Maybe, maybe that's what you need to do as someone who's, you're hired to do a job for someone. I don't know. But what, how do you respond to something like that? It's hard not to want to, to like punish people with that awful response that you just got. That's a, Kesley, that's a very good question. I've, I, I mean, there was another photo shoot like that, that I came home completely torn up because the man was like that. He reminded me so much of my father and I was like, he was so controlling. And Ben, who's so wise, said, he, he said, Kim, that particular photo shoot, we didn't need, we didn't need the money. We didn't need it. But I hung in there and I went anyway. And Ben gave me permission, actually, because if you're ever on another shoot like that, feel free to get in the car and go and just say, you know what? It's been nice working with you, but it's, I, I'm just not going to work under these conditions. I'm, good luck to you. Hope you find another great photographer. You can have your deposit back. I'm done. Mm -hmm. I don't know that that's right, but I think when you realize it was all about the game of control, mm. I don't, I haven't learned yet how to disarm people like that. Yeah. But that's a whole other mm -hmm. strength in just recognizing your worth and how you're willing to let people treat you because how you treat yourself and how you let other, basically how you treat yourself shows people how they can treat you. Mm -hmm. So you standing up for yourself and leaving would be a huge act of self-love, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, that's just, and that's a good point. Yeah. Mm hmm I think if it depends how wounded you are, I, I recognize that like that was such a trigger point for me now. Mm -hmm. And what was best for me might not be what's best for you, Kesley or Heidi. One of you might've been able to laugh it off and just go with it. If it's a huge involved process after that, like I'm going to have to work with this client 10 more times. Yep. No. Mm -hmm. no, I think Kesley and I are on the same page with like, even the whole laughing it off thing. Oh, I just feel like it bleeds into so many other things, like, especially with men, like, you know, mm. men hit on us. Right. And mm -hmm. we're expected to just be like, Oh, <laughs> I literally, no, did that the other you, day. you know, but I want to just be like, hold on. Did you just say that? Like, right. What makes you think that you can talk to me like that? Yeah. And that is not rude. That it, you're like the person who's doing the thing is being rude. So in a way you're just yeah. shining the light back on them. Right. Ooh, I you love know? that. Yes. Mm -hmm. I need to get better at that. And that is emotional intelligence, I think. Yeah. It, mm -hmm. I do believe that. I do think that certain like powerful men and women get off the hook because with their aggression, they gaslight people, you know, and like, say a man said something like that to you and you come back to him and he's like, what, what, oh, that offended you. And then you quickly think, oh, wait a minute. Am I being too 
right. saucy. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you go, no, he's gaslighting me with his aggression. And no, yeah, I am. That bothers me. And I don't want you to treat me like that again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. Just say it how, how you want to say it and then let them react. And I am done. committing to doing this. Like, okay. no more. No more laughing it off at the gas station, right? <laughs> I hate getting gas station. Don't talk Ew. to women at the gas station. It's like their yeah. most vulnerable point. They're outside of their car. Their keys are in the car. Your wallet's in the car. Like, I will, oh my gosh. You know, I yeah. mean, for real. <laughs> it's so true. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we shouldn't, it's conditioning. And I feel like it's this time right now of just becoming more Mm -hmm. conscious, like as women, as, Mm -hmm. as to how we've been conditioned. And it's crazy that it's happening in 2020, 20 freaking 20, like a hundred years after when was women's suffrage 1920s. Yeah. hundred years later, we're just now like, we're still laughing about these things. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care how small or little it is, you know, it's like, it's the intention behind it. Yeah. So and you can feel that, that mm-hmm. you can feel intention. Yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, I believe that. And then if I were to say like, oh, I'm uncomfortable, like I could immediately see how that would trigger the person and they would get all mad and be like, ah, bah, 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 you know, like have so mm-hmm. much to say or whatever. But it's like, why? should you, why are you mad because I'm uncomfortable with something that you are saying? Right. Which they knew they were saying something that was probably hmm, a little inappropriate or whatever. Yeah. So Kim, where can our listeners find you and find Iachika and follow you? And so on Instagram, which I have had a year, like I am typically the kind of gal that posts once a week, but this past year, I just, I posted like three times in the whole entire year because I was like, oh, I've got to learn how to breathe again. Kim, K-Y-M dot Rada on Instagram. K-Y-M dot Rada, R-O-D as in dog, D as in dog, A. We'll link it in the show notes as well. Yep. And then Iachika, E-A-C-H-I-C-A. You two are amazing. I love that energy and energy that you guys have together mm. and I think keep talking about the hard topics truly oh. mm-hmm. do it Kesley keep talking about what it is like to in this like tension of like who I want to be as an artist and how does that mesh with faith mm-hmm. and Heidi girl keep going there on leveling the playing field with men mm-hmm. because I think that You know, C.S. Lewis made a great quote. He said, you're not, you don't have a soul. You are a soul. You have a body. Mm. And so I think about just the differences, men and women. Granted, we have different hormonal differences, but other than that, it's a body. It's not our soul. And so Mm. leveling that soulful playing field, go Mm. get them, girl. Mm. Wow. Thank you so much, Kim. (laughs) Thank you so much. And thank you for being a light, a guiding light for young women. Yeah. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast episode. If you found it inspiring, please send it to one other person. And of course, follow us on Instagram at Hustle and Flow Podcast. And also, 
feel free to post us all over your Instagram and tag us at Hustle and Flow Podcast. As always, we love hearing from you. So please leave a review and we will share it on our podcast and on our Instagram. Until next time, Hustle, hustle and Flow. And flow. Ha <laughs> ha!